We have Lee Diffie on the line right now. Hey, Lee, how are you? Hi, guys. How are things? Hey, man. Happy New Year, buddy. Happy New Year. Now, listen, we know you're busy, and thank you so much for coming on because you're at the busiest time. I said to Les, I was like, he's kind of doing something at the moment, I think. You know? And then I tuned in, and man, you're right in the middle of the Dakar rally, and wow, what a rally it's been. Yeah, yeah, and and today um, today we're just putting together our um, the rest day. Obviously, nothing happened today in South America, but we're still doing a show um, that will air tomorrow on NBCSN. Um, kind of like a, a midway recap, if you like, um, because there has been so much happen. Um, you know, an amazing race in the cars. There's been plenty going on in the bikes. Really exciting to have five American riders in the bikes class. Plenty in the trucks, plenty in the quads. So some big names have already been bounced out. And, I mean, it's kind of what we've come to expect from Dakar. Just just lots going on. And it's funny, and I'm sure you'd agreed, you know, growing up, Dakar seemed so obscure and the names were always odd. But now it's completely different. You've got Loeb versus Carlos Sanz kicking butt. Um, and you've also got the likes of Robbie Gordon threatening to pull out, I noticed, the other day. What's the latest with the Americans? Well, Robbie got Robbie got a um, uh, you got to feel for him. Robbie got a one hour and three minute penalty. Um, there is the, a rule in Dakar, and it's, it's, it very much falls under the umbrella of the spirit of Dakar. And everybody's out there to win. Everybody's out there competing. Everybody's trying to finish the event. But also, you've got to look after each other. Um, I mean, just yesterday, and this is an example. I'll get back to Robbie in a second, but this is an example. Just yesterday, Matthias Walkner, who's one of the front running bike riders, crashed, broke his leg. The overall lead leader of the rally in the bikes, Paolo Gonçalves, stopped to help him. You've got to look after each other because you're out in these barren areas, and that's part of the Dakar spirit and, and the rules. And particularly in the cars, if someone's, if someone's emergency beacon goes off and you're the closest and you're alerted, you're, you're obligated to stop and help. Now, um, Robbie, Robbie's argument was that uh, his co-driver, Kellen Walsh, didn't let him know that that, that that was the emergency beacon going off. And as they were going through the stage two mud pit, they were trying not to get bogged. Unfortunately, they did. But they, did, they went past another competitor who was stranded and who was in need of help. And, and Robbie said that he was unaware of that. And he is he, it's still under appeal. He's still hoping that the ASO, the governing body, overturns that and, and gives him that time back. And boy, if Robbie got an hour back... Unfortunately, he dropped more time yesterday because he ran out of gas. Um, but, you know, it would have put him closer to the front if he did get that hour back. But, um, you know, he's been doing well. He's, got, he's had a string of top tens. And, uh, unfortunately, just a few things have not gone Robbie's way. But uh, otherwise, he'd be, he'd, be, he'd be right there. He wouldn't, by his own admission. Uh, he nor anybody has anything for the Peugeots. I mean, they're just exactly. Monsters, but he, but he, would be, he would be closer to the front. He, you know, even, even uh, by his own admission, he said the rest of them are kind of racing for for fifth, you know, or fourth through seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, you know, and they, they, nobody's kidding themselves that they've got anything for Peugeot at this at this point. Well, yeah, one, of Lee, one of the things i got to ask you, I mean, we've had Robbie, and he's always so outspoken and blunt with things, and uh, he even said it on air, those Peugeots, do you really them. think <laughs> they are running a legal drivetrain in that? I mean, they're dominating way beyond anything we ever saw of Vettel or anybody else. What, what's up with that? Oh look, I, I think I think I think they are. I, I think they've just done their homework really, really well. You got to you got to remember. Do you remember those beautiful LMP1, the, the prototype cars that, that that raced at Le Mans and came to the came to the US and raced at Sebring? I mean, just beautiful cars. 
their their Dakar team is basically that entire sports car team. Um, and I just think they went back and they did their homework and, and the configuration that they're running, um, even though it's a two-wheel drive, I think the configuration that they're running has worked. And, I mean, it, it goes in cycles, as, as we all know. Volkswagen had their turn. More recently, Mini had their turn. Now it's Peugeot's turn. And, um, you know, as, as uh, Robbie pointed out today, you know, on the, uh, on the rest day, he just said, look, you know, basically they've given everybody else the wake-up call and, and we're probably going to go back and, and think about it, but it's a huge expense. You know, Toyota has a bunch of cars out there. They've got to rethink what they're doing. Mini, now they've got a bunch of cars out there. They've got to rethink what they're doing because Peugeot's, you know, stepped it up. Peugeot's up the game. They have. They are absolutely flying. And, you know, it's such an interesting vehicle that they've got. I, I can't say I even remotely begin to recognize what that vehicle was at one point. <laughs> How about Sebastian Loeb, though? I think that, to me, I mean, he's still my boyhood hero for everything he's done in rally. And it's no mean feat to enter the Dakar, let alone be competitive. You'd expect someone like Sebastian Loeb and his teammate to get the right car. Obviously, they have. But the way they're driving in what isn't necessarily his perfect terrain, um, they're doing unbelievably. Uh, I mean, he is... I'm not sure. I'm not sure, Jonathan. There's enough superlatives, um, you know, to describe Sebastian Loeb. I can remember back in the mid 2000s when he ran uh, two years, two consecutive years at Le Mans when we were there covering the event. And on on qualifying weekend, he he was at the time doing the Acropolis Rally, and he flew in and he flew into the circuit on a helicopter, and he had something like 20 minutes left before qualifying finished and had never been around the track before at speed in the Pescarolo prototype and did two laps, and the two laps that he did were enough to qualify him in, in the 24 hours of Le Mans. Wow. <laughs> I mean, he is just incredible. And, I mean, there's, there's a very good reason why he's got, you know, more than double the World Rally titles than anybody else. And uh, I think, I honestly think that he surprised Petter Hansel and Sainz and, and uh, obviously Cyril Dupre, the fourth Peugeot, is still learning his way after, you know, converting from the bikes. But, I mean, Loeb is unreal, just unreal. And the way that he's jumped into this car and come to Dakar and, you know, all of the, the hype and the hoopla, and I think he's come in very respectful of, of Carlos Sainz and Petter Hansel as Dakar winners, and particularly Petter Hansel as a Dakar legend, I think he's come in very respectfully, but he's shown even his teammates just how good he is. Quick shout out also for Sheldon Creed, uh, impressed me, 18 years of age, another American on the up and up. I saw him a little bit um, in the truck racing, but uh, wow, what a, what a baptism of fire that is. Yeah, and, and you know, at 18, he's the youngest ever to compete in the Dakar. I think... Um, you know, Robbie, Robbie's got some very high hopes for him. Uh, and, and, you know, Sheldon said that Robbie had been talking to him about doing it for, for quite some time. And just the, the stars aligned and commercially, you know, financially, it was able to happen for Sheldon this year. He's a great kid. Um, I think he's, he's incredibly mature uh, once he gets behind the wheel and he, can, he seems to be able to handle any, any situation. Um, he's had 14 minutes of penalties uh, so far. And yesterday, I'm not sure if you, if you caught the show, yesterday he drove the last 120 kilometres with a set of pliers, like a set of vice grips, as the steering wheel because the steering wheel came off. Whoa. I mean, talk about on-the-fly engineering. And uh, as an 18-year-old in your first Dakar, and, you know, all that aside, even with those penalties and that adversity, the kid is 24th outright, yeah, that's pretty... which, is, which is phenomenal. 
Who hasn't driven a car with a pair of locking pliers in your What are y'all talking about? <laughs> I wasn't going to admit to racing, it. man. I've done it. I've, okay. done, I've been there. Now, there was another one. One of the guys, uh, I forget... Uh, on the quad that had an issue and he stopped and a local <laughs> farmer a farmer, yeah. sat there. Yeah, you know, the local farmer uh, helped him with some wire and pliers and they wired it back together and he took out again, putting his tire back on the wheel. And and you know, isn't that um just just today, uh, we, we've got a one-hour special. Uh, not today, sorry. At the at, at the end, when when we finish at the final stage, we've got a one-hour special. And my producer asked me, "Hey, we've got a little bit of extra time. We'd like you to write, you know, an essay, uh, maybe three or four-minute essay, just encapsulating the event." And it's that kind of stuff that we put in those special pieces because that really is. The essence and the spirit of Dakar. Yes, there's the heroes. You know, there's the the the, the Toby Prices and the Juan Baraitas and the Stefan Petter Hansels and Carlos Sainz, etc. But the guys that we've never heard of and we probably won't ever see again or hear of again, it's those kind of stories. Stopping to ask a farmer, did you know? Do you have a quart of oil? You know, I'm a brake oil. I'm in need of brake oil. Or do you have a, some wires? You know, I've got to, I've got to keep my tire on the rim here because I've got a steering issue and getting a steering rod off and bashing it with a hammer to strike straighten it out and all of those kind of things it's just survival survival of the smartest and fittest and you know that it's it's just all about finishing and that you know to me more so than the, the the heroes and the superstars at the front and the big manufacturers who win it's all those guys down the back i mean we had a we had a story on a guy last year on a motorcycle who'd only been riding a motorcycle for two years he was this he was this guy in his early 20s from mongolia who had been on the bike for 27 consecutive hours and he was he hadn't been to sleep and he was not going to give up until he got out of the dunes you know it's those, those kind of crazy things that makes the dakar what it is it is you know but there's a little different personality and culture around it. i wanted to ask one thing that i I hope I am seeing differently than Baja. At Baja, you'll have these uh, trap booby traps, if you will, that spectators set up to kind of interfere with a race. I don't think I'm seeing that at Dakar. Is that correct? That's correct. I mean, it, it hasn't, obviously, the reason why the, the, the rally is in South America now is because of security concerns on a, on a, on a grander scale, on a more grand scale that was occurring uh, in Africa. Uh, that's why the the rally has shifted. Now, listen, it, the, the countries that it has rotated through in South America, and, and only two countries are hosting the event this year, which is Argentina and Bolivia, and the rally has already now left Bolivia. It was only in that country very briefly over the past two days. Um, you know, there have there have been some uh, what you could put uh, under under the. Uh, the overarching theme of security, but not on a not on a huge scale. Um, Etienne Levine and the ASO, the people who organise the Dakar, are, are very mindful of that, and they they work with the the local um, governments and authorities to to ensure the safety of all of the competitors. You know, just just literally in a in a in a as a travelling family, but also for the um, the bike riders, the truck drivers, everybody on on route, whether it's the support vehicles or the competitors. So they're always working towards that. But look, to answer your question, we haven't seen any any um, uh, very obvious examples of that in recent times, which is a good thing. Excellent. You know, yeah. there, there's a, there are there are always going to be uh, groups of people who aren't like us. They're not motor, motorsport minded people, and they see this as as uh, silly. You're going to have environmentalists who say that there is there is considerable damage done to um, the natural surrounds, and and they want the event stopped. So there's always going to be opposition. I mean, people want. People, there's people who oppose Formula One Grand Prix. Um, there's always going to be people that have different mindsets and don't see the event the way that we see it. But um, for the most part, you know, everybody's in good shape and safe.
Beautiful. Well, Lee, I know you gotta you gotta go. Tell us a little bit about. I know you got this the one hour show coming up at He's the end. He's got his own endurance this yeah. year. Yeah, <laughs> I but, tell you, if you don't know, Lee is the the head, the, the host, of course, of NBC uh, as motorsports lead leading it's figure in NBC motorsports. Now. Yeah, I love uh, it. But Lee, you, I mean, you've got to be pinching yourself. This is a year and a half ahead for you. Uh, as far as what, Granny? A year and a half ahead of what? No, I meant this is a year and a half in terms of... It's two years packed into one in terms of how much fantastic motorsport you've got to represent. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I get you now. Yeah, it is. It's a lot. It it really is a lot. But, you know, we've got a a small but a really passionate team here at NBCSM working on Dakar, um, and we work really long hours, but but it's the story. It's the unfolding story. Um, You know, away from the track and away from TV, I really enjoy to play golf with my friends and you know, when you watch golf on TV, it's a four-day story that unfolds. This is a two-week, 5,700-mile story that unfolds. So um, <laughs> we all keep each other going. And if you need to have a coffee or a Red Bull, you know, to get through the long hours here at work to, to get the editing done and the writing done and, and everything that we, we do on a daily basis. Good plug. It's the fact that the story <laughs> changes day-to-day so much that, that keeps us intrigued and, and keeps us going. And just when you think somebody's in a really secure position and they're going to go off and run away with this thing, something mechanical happens or they crash or uh you know the the weather this year has been crazy so there there is not one day the same and and that's what keeps us coming back for more awesome lee well thank you so much for coming on the show thank, appreciate you being back on speed city good luck with all of that down in dakar and uh, we will talk to you soon and jonathan what else yeah lee can we get you on um, obviously we want to talk formula one that's going to be a massive season for you so when the testing starts getting underway and has starts turning wheels can we call you back you bet. Well, listen, we're going to be heading to Europe for some of the testing, I think, for the final test, which is at the end of February, beginning of March, in the lead-up to Australia. So why don't we talk from, from Europe or, or when I get back? And uh, there's, so much, there's so much going on. And, yeah, of course, you know, we're going to be front and centre for Haas F1 and their first test, their first two tests, their first race, their first season. Um, really exciting times for, for Formula 1 in the United States, for sure. They awesome. did pass their crash test this yep. week. So uh, first step out of the way. Here we go. Travel exactly. safely. Appreciate it. Thanks, Lee. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Thank Lee. You. Appreciate it.